Hi, I'm Nora. And I'm Brooke, and you're listening to Straight Up from Gum Central. If you want to know more about that, go to our website in the show notes. So today we're talking about gaming. Do you game, Brooke? Because, like, I don't. I, I used to play RPG games as a teenager, but I never really got that deep into gaming. Um, I play Crash Bandicoot, like, and Spyro. Like, they're my favourite kind of games. I was raising them as a child. Um, but other than that, I get really angry at games because I don't know how to do them properly, so... We had a chat with Alex because obviously we're not gamers and he is. I'm 17 and I've been in care since I was nine. I think the longest period of time I've spent sitting in like one round of a game was Black Ops Zombies and we sat there and we played it for I think it was like 16 hours straight. How long would you say you roughly play games for? Oh, um, I don't know, I've been getting kicked out of class for playing games during class for as long as I can remember. I think one of the first games that I played was one of the original Sesame Street games back on my computer when I was living with my mum. Now I just play a lot of games on my PS4 and on the computer. Uh, Overwatch, Paladins, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Um, I play a fair bit of Apex as well. Um, I was excited for Gran Turismo to come out, but that was a big letdown. Gaming's been a positive influence in my life only because it's been a great distraction from everything going around me and heaps, helps keep me focused when I need to be. I don't think that all gaming is a is addictive and negative. I think it's just certain few people that do get addicted and make it such a negative thing because they go so far into it. How, how much does um, gaming affect other aspects in your life? I don't think that gaming really affects any other aspects in my life because I tend to like manage my time on games and life fairly well, but I know people that cannot do that and it really affects their day-to-day life because they get very annoyed when they miss multiple things due to being on a game and stuff. Gaming's frustrating in my world anyway. Like If I can't complete a level, I'll probably throw my remote. Like I'm, I get pretty frustrated in it. I've like thrown remotes and broken them, uh, like thrown my phone and smashed it because of a game before I've like, I've almost broken my PlayStation. I've, yeah, I've definitely been one of those guilty people to throw my remotes. I nearly threw my TV one day because I was just that pissed off that I could not complete a level or there's just dickheads in the microphone. They're like, I don't know, big mouse that think they're real cool. My mate, my mate who was living with me, he, lost a game on his Xbox, I'm pretty sure, and he threw his remote and it hit the TV, and so the TV had a big black, like, thing on it, and so because, like, you couldn't see in the centre of the TV, he's like, no, fuck it, we need a new one, took the TV out back and, like, smashed the TV. You can view gaming as just, it's just sort of being like the online version of uh, the Wild Wild West. This is Cameron. He is the founder of an organisation called EMP Pathways. So we provide support to families um, who are struggling with some of the risks involved with online gaming, in particular cyberbullying or trolling, pre-exposure to adult content like gambling and um, sexualised behaviour and violence and, and things like that. And then the other, the third of the big three is uh, gaming disorder, which um, you know a lot of people call gaming addiction, but that's not um, really an accurate terminology. Um, the way we uh, 
connect to gaming is different to the way you connect to um, addictive things like alcohol and drugs and stuff. Teenage boys spend about 15 hours a week gaming, um, which isn't an issue, by the way. And I think it's teenage girls are like seven or eight. And then young kids are like five hours. So just to clarify, um, to have a gaming disorder, guys, yeah, uh, need to be showing signs of like not enjoying things that you used to enjoy and having like bad eating habits and not doing well at school and having worse relationships with your friends than what you used to. And you've got to do that for about a year. Personally, uh, there's the Call of Duty games. Uh, there's a, a game within the Call of Duty games called Zombies. Oh, man, I came very close to being classified as having a gaming disorder because of that game. I was playing PlayStation every single night and, um, geez, I got good at it. But it ended up like I would be coming home and then I'd want to turn on the PlayStation and play straight away and I wasn't spending as much time with my kids and my kids are what are important to me. I'd be um, playing PlayStation instead of playing um, my guitar, and which I've played guitar for 30 years and it's just like a massive thing for me. So I kind of realized at that point that, um, you know, as much as I love playing zombies, like it was getting in the way of other stuff that was important to me. And I didn't want to stop playing guitar and I didn't want to stop seeing my kids. I think you guys should just look at it like that. If you have something that you did love that you're not doing anymore, just think about that. and. Um, do you still want to be doing that? Do you still want that in your life? Do you still want those people in your life? Then um, maybe just have a bit of a think about um, how much you're gaming. So on average, they reckon about 3% of all people that game will go on to have a gaming disorder. So it's a relatively low number. But the 97% of people that aren't risk of gaming disorder um, are at risk of trolling. And so actually 100% of those people are. The stats are, are shocking. So once you feel affected by um, online bullying, uh, you're 50% more likely uh, to cause yourself self-harm or uh, even suicide. If you're being a bully online or exposed to bullying, you are more likely to display um, aggressive verbal behaviour and um, sort of like... Um, stand, standoff behaviour but not so much like actual physical violent behaviour um, and that's the same with violent video games so in, since 1996 which is sort of when you can start saying um, gaming really took off on a massive massive scale violence amongst young people has gone down um, yeah there's very few stats that indicate uh, that it actually does directly coincide with violent behaviour like, in fact, there's none. There's some that show that, yeah, like I said, that it can lead to extra aggressive behaviour, but it's not not causing the violence. There are negative aspects, obviously, but um, to flip that, so say like a, a cyber trolling, you can have a positive aspect where one person could be being a bully to one person, but then you've got 20 people that are also in that same game saying, hey, man, stop it, like, this kid's cool. And, like, that can give them a real confidence boost to know there's a whole bunch of people that have got their back. People are connecting with like-minded people from all different cultures, from all different places all around the world. They're gaining a lot of valuable insight into things and different opinions on things. And um, they've created a lot of really close-knit uh, communities. You know, so you've got really positive social aspects um, in that. And then you've got like the co cognitive benefits. 
when you're playing a game and you take it seriously, you're strategically planning your next action. So on some things, they'll have to memorize like what's coming next. Other things are like really team-based where you've all got to like discuss with each other and know your role and know your strengths and work on your um, weaknesses. And so that, that develops a lot of cognitive ability and understanding and like lateral thinking and just outside the box um, viewpoints. And there are negative aspects, obviously, but it's an opportunity for um, people to learn and engage and socialise on a, on a scale that's never been seen before. And young people can be whoever they want to be within that world. Not off a roof, but... Look, these microtransactions are, are literally corporations trying to um, brainwash people into buying things. And they're things that don't really exist. Like, um, I think the average kid's spending $80 a week. Something insane. Um, and that's something that I'm, I'm dead set against, microtransactions. Mm. In Germany and other places, they're illegal um, because... Um, them and loot boxes because of how similar they are to uh, gambling. So um, on a loot box, you can spend money and, like, these things will spin around and, like, you have to watch and wait for them all to line up and, like, there's no guarantee of what you're going to win. And things out of it, and it's not random. They're very, very rare on getting, like, the top spin. It's, look, it's not a healthy part of gaming. It doesn't lead, it doesn't get you anything extra. It doesn't make you a better player. That's one of the things that, you know... It, I would be asking yourself why you're doing this. Like, you can go earn all that stuff by playing the game. If something's free, then you're the product. So Fortnite might be free, but they're selling you stuff and they're getting your information on how you play and they're getting your information on the skins you want to buy and all the different like worlds you like and you know, and then they're putting that up for sale. <laughs> so just remember that you're the product if something's free. So um, be a smart gamer and uh, just. You know, beat the system by not purchasing anything and just get better at the game. At the end of the day, if gaming is just a thing that you do um, part-time and for fun, just keep it at that. That's what it should be. It should be fun and um, invite your friends around to play. Play in person together, not just online all the time. And if you see one of your friends getting bullied, be an um, upstander for them. Um, and just tell the other person to leave them alone. Um, you don't have to be rude and be a bully yourself. Just say, hey, this guy's good, he's with me. If you're being bullied or anything, guys, at least go and talk to your mates about it. Like, um, it helps a lot. It's really important that you do it. Um, there's people out there that are going through the same stuff. And, um, yeah, it's super, super important that you go and have a chat. Even if you word don't, you don't have to word it in a way that you know makes you sound weak. It just makes you sound real, like a real human being, and it'll probably make your friend feel better as well because they've probably been through something similar and can also talk about it. I think that's a wrap, Nora. Edit out what you want. Rip, Nora. Oh, the right button. Straight Up is a part of the GOM Central project. You can find out more about GOM Central by visiting gomcentral.almplace.org.au or join our Facebook group.
Gum Central was delivered by Postcare Support Services and funded by the Department for, for Child Protection. If you have left care or about to leave care and struggling with any issues, get in touch with Postcare Support Services on 1800 188 118. Your hosts are me, Brooke Oliver and Nora Goodwoman. This podcast was created on Ghana and Paramount country. We, we wish to acknowledge the Ghana and Paramount peoples and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians, their spiritual, physical, emotional, mental and economic connection to the land and seas.